We Got the Geek is recorded before a live studio audience. Somewhere <laughs> hidden from sight, closer than you might think, is a place that's not on any map. Midian. Something's reading there. It looks a lot like hell. But they call it home. There goes the neighborhood. They're not pretty. They're not neighborly. You'll come back now, you hear? They're not even human. But this time, they're the good guys. From the imagination of Clive Barker comes Nightbreed. Hey everybody, it's Jay Stu, and as always, I'm here with the lovely Sarah Jane. Hi! So it's been a while since we've recorded anything. <laughs> you could say that. Um, I, it's, I don't know, partly the pandemic blues, partly uh, just lazy. <laughs> uh, but this will be our first... parts, right? Yeah, this will be our first recording of this year, 2022. I had to think about it. Oh, yep. So just to have something to present to you folks... Uh, we decided to watch a couple movies, and the genesis of this is Sarah discovered Tubi. Yes, because I there, there's only so much YouTube you can watch, so and there's only so much you can do when you know like what do I what do I look? And I was ha- I had a craving to to watch old um, shows of Rowan and Martin's laughing, so I was trying to find anything that would be airing it and I found Tubi and they have all six seasons of laughing so I started kind of perusing the rest of the site and they have some they have some movies and shows on there that like nobody's seen in ages so I was excited and it's free and it's free they show ads in the middle of like a movie or, or whatever, just like commercials on a on TV, like on a regular TV cable channel. Well, it wasn't like, too busy. I think they had like two commercials at once, and then that was it. Yeah. For the whole two hour movie. Yeah, and it's absolutely one hundred percent free. So look that up, Tubi. T U B I, all lowercase. Tubi, if you're listening, like work with us. We'll promote you. <laughs> God, yes. Um, Send us free Tubi things. Tubi hats. Tubi itself is free, so I, I don't know, know how how much more. There's got to be merch. <laughs> get on that, Tubi. Make merch. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> you started running through a whole list of movies that I've never heard of on there. Yeah. Yeah. And you're a big horror fan. Yes. I'm not so much. No. <laughs> Um, yeah. Boy, opposites really do attract, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so you you saw that one of your favorite movies was on there. Yeah. One of my absolute favorite Clive Barker movies. And I had read the book. Um, and I had first seen the movie, like, way back in 92, 93. Um, it had come out originally in 1990. And, like, it's just been... I was hooked. And it's a huge cult classic. And what's the name of the movie, Sarah? It's called Nightbreed. Yes, so I decided I would watch that with you. Yes. On this lovely Super Bowl Sunday. (laughs) 
Uh, it says football like horror movies. So, yeah. Um, largely a cast I'm not familiar with, even after looking at IMDb. Yeah. Except for the detective. Oh, there's a detective. He was Captain Panaka in Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Yes, he was. I think, and, I mean, once I go through some boxes, I'll determine this. I might have his action figure. Well, look at you. No, I have a, And then we can break it out. And we could play Nightbreed. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Anyhow. Any moving on. So, <laughs> I, I will tell you this. It's definitely an interesting idea for a movie. Well, that's... And it, the whole premise was... Um, and it, the, it's the same plot, like in the book Cabal. And is that... Um, the, the real question is, who's really the monster? Is it is it the freaks and and the ones that don't look quote unquote normal, or is it the humans who are supposed to be like the normal everyday? They're the good guys. Yes. And you know you find out in the movie and in the book, not so. It's the monsters who are decent and who are persecuted. Yeah, and there's this awful serial killer guy in it too. Yeah, spoilers, spoilers if nobody has seen it, although it came out in 1990. If you haven't seen it yet, that's on you. Yes. Um, David Cronenberg is just brilliant in this movie. Like, I love David Cronenberg anyway as a director, but as an actor, and especially in this role, whoo, creepy. He's so soft-spoken. And so, like, in, in his character is so soft-spoken and so unassuming. Like, he's just, like, the quiet guy, you know? And it's just so finding out what you find out. It's like, oh! He convinces this nice young man named Boone that he killed people. Yeah. Like, and then gives him bad drugs. Oh, he, he totally drugs him and everything because he... Decker's trying to find Midian, which is where the monsters live and exist, because he wants to destroy them. Um, and so he uses any means necessary to get to Midian. And if that means framing Boone for, for murders that he didn't really commit, then so be it. Oh, well. So be it. So, yeah. Um... <laughs> Creepy in places. Yeah, well, it's a horror movie, and it's Clive Barker. Yes. By the way, I, I looked through Clive Barker's whole list, and up until today, I'd only seen one of his movies. Lord we'll, of Illusions. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, I guess he's got more writing credits than directing credits. Yes. But this movie was interesting. There was some creepy stuff. I didn't care for the guy who took his scalp off. Yeah, um... Skinner. No. No. Uh, Narcissus, um, was... He wanted to prove he was worthy to to become a, resi- a like, part of the night breed and, and go to Midian. So that's... He did that. He had to show him his true face. Yeah, he showed a little too much true face. <laughs> it's... It, it, um... The way that they everybody has has a second face, um, Decker said that at one point 
uh, narcissist says that to show his true face. And it's, it's one way of saying that everybody wears a mask um, and hides their true selves from others, from society, from themselves. And so it, it's, it's a really fascinating and deep concept. And I just, I love that about Nightbreed because it's, you know, it's what you don't understand, you destroy. And so because the monsters are all fantastical, like they have powers and they can do this and this and this. And, and it's like, well, we don't like it. The monsters weren't even the creepy part of this movie. It was like the serial killer guy. Yeah, that's the point. Like I said... The monsters could have been in an X-Men movie the way they had different abilities and stuff. Exactly. And that's the point the book and the movie are are making. Because Decker is a psychiatrist. He's put together. He wears nice suits. He's an upstanding um, professional in society. He's well-respected in his profession. And he's very quiet, very soft-spoken, very, you know. But... His true self, his true face, is something different. So that's, I mean, when you looked at some of the monsters in Midian, yeah, they were hideous looking and they were scaly or slimy or grotesque or diff. They were different. And if something looks different, it's automatically assumed that it's evil or bad. The only guy I didn't like in Midian was the the meat guy, the guy that wanted to Peliquin. eat. Is that his name? Peliquin I just called him. I just I wrote down meathead guy, or he's my meat guy. His name's Peliquin. Um, uh, he's my favorite character. Oh, was he? Yeah, I love Peliquin, and because he has he has that duality. Like he looks fairly normal until. Um, he goes to attack, and then he he turns more into a beast. And but even still, he's not a bad guy. He's you know that's who he is, and he doesn't kill innocent people. But he was going to eat that one innocent guy. Okay, yeah, but and his other his friend Patine, I think that was his name. Uh, I may not be right. Poutine? No, stop. He was telling... Yeah, you heard me. He was telling Peliquin that it's against... It's, it's you know, it's against the law of Nightbreed and of Midian to to attack and, and eat innocent people. And that's when Peliquin's like, fuck the law. And it's like, he's oh! A, he's a jerk, then. He can be. But at the same time, it's like you wander into Midian and it's nighttime. Like, what do you expect, man? You're on their territory. That's their home. So, and then there was Rachel, who had the daughter Babette. She was she, na- naked smoke lady. Yes, that's okay. her, Rachel. She right. her ability is she can um, turn um, into smoke. Um. Uh, it's just, yeah, and her daughter Babette can't go into the sun or else she turns into some sort of, like, uh, kind of creature. She looked like a hairless cat. She was cute. 
No, I'm not making fun of it. I'm just saying that's what it looked like. I know. So, yeah. And they um, have a god in Nightbreed. Um, Baphomet. Yeah. The um, baptizer. So. It's it's one of my absolute favorite movies. Yeah, and it was interesting. So the fellow... I'm already forgetting his name. What was the main character's name? Aaron Boone. So Aaron Boone actually gets killed. Spoiler. First he gets bitten. Gets bitten by... Yeah, because he's looking for meat. And then... uh, he gets killed, but then because of that bite, he comes back to life. Yes. And sort of like a vampire situation, kind of, sort of. Sort of. Um, and then uh, he's he makes his way back to Midian, where he um, goes through the um, baptism um, by Lylesburg, and he's accepted as Nightbreed. And then it goes from there. And then his girlfriend, Lori, goes looking for him. Yeah, I looked up her credits. Um, and Bobby, the actress's name. She yeah. is a video game voice artist now. Nice! Yeah. I liked her character. She was cool. Lori was awesome. Um, and then the the whole final battle... Between the rednecks and the cops and the the, the Midians, night breed, yeah, uh, that was pretty awesome. That was I loved it. It was epic when they released the berserkers. Yeah, which are night breed that are like absolute monstrosities. Like they're not even allowed out amongst other night. Breed. Like even the night breed lock them up. Yeah, because they have they they have no um um. Like they're not. All they want to do is kill and. Yeah, die. like they're not. They're not uh, self-aware. Like they don't have a high enough intelligence to be able to be part of even their own society, really. Yeah. So. And they're let loose on the on the bad guys, which is cool. He. Yeah, it was a really cool battle at the end. Yeah. And like some good effects and. Uh, Explosions and things like that. I'm just trying to remember what I just watched, and so I'm pausing and stuff. Oh my god! Um, but I didn't hate it. Yay! It was decent. In fact, I I liked it to the point of asking you if there was a sequel, which there yeah, was not. There was not. There was um, talks of a sequel. They were hoping to make a sequel, but it never happened. Um, Found out there was a 25 part comic book that came out during the time of this movie. Yes. Um, with new adventures. Yes. Because we watched the director's cut. Uh-huh. Which Clive Barker went back and added a whole bunch of stuff. I guess it came out in the 2000s, like 2014 or something like that. For the that. anniversary of it. Um, yeah. And so there were, there were quite a few differences. Like in the original cut... Um, Boone's friend in the hospital who shows him his true face um, gets killed by Decker. No, in the original cut, he lives. Yeah, well, I guess I was reading on IMDb right before we came out to do this that in the original test screenings, he died. Yeah. But people were like, oh, no, he's a good character. Don't do that. Yeah. So they changed it. They changed it. But in the director's cut, 
he put that back in. Yeah. And um, also in the original cut, Lori is left in the barn with the rest of the night breed while Boone, who has been told by Baphomet that he is now Cabal. Yeah. And has to look for a new home for night for the night breed. Yeah. Um, Lori stays behind with the rest of the night breed in a barn until uh, while Boone leaves. But in the director's cut, she stabs herself. So Boone has to bite her and she becomes night breed so that they can travel together and be together. Yeah. It's romantic. Oh, absolutely. It's a romantic movie to watch the day before Valentine's Day. Right? There's so much love in it. It's fantastic. <laughs> well, as they say in the movie, they're lovers. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what was creepier, like the creatures or them saying we're lovers. You're mean. You are so oh, mean, sir. Oh, man. Well, I just, I always laughed at that term. But, I mean, now you see why it was, it's my favorite movie. I. But you know what? After seeing the director's cut... And having seen the original cut, I like the original. I only like the fact that Narcissus lives in the original cut. Okay. So in my head canon, and I told you this before we started recording, he lives. He's still alive. Decker didn't kill him and put his head on a on a stick. Cool. He's still alive, and I like that because I love him. Besides Peliquin and all the other night breed, the humans can suck ass. I hate the humans yeah. in this movie. Except for Lori. Except for Lori and Boone. Yeah, but he's Nightbreed now, so it doesn't matter. Also, she's so... Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know the humans I'm talking about. I know. The stupid ones. I know. It was, it was good. I'll, I'll admit that. Yay! Uh, I will give it uh, three brave man slash cavemans out of five. Oh, the song. In the director's <laughs> cut, she sings in a bar. It's not in the original cut. Oh, I, oh, it wasn't in the original cut? No, sir. I guess she really sang that, too, live in front of an audience. She did. That's really her singing. And are you just going to give it a five out of five? Or for uh, the new cut, is it going to be lower because you don't like that guy's head getting cut? No, I'll still give it a... I will, I will give it... Five Tribes of the Moon out of five. Excellent. Because I still love it. And my head cannon does not change that because he's still alive in, in, in my head cannon. Okay. So, five tribes of the moon out of five. Excellent. All right. Well, it was an interesting movie. I didn't hate it. Yay! Uh, I won him over. <laughs> you won me over. <laughs> and then next up, we will review Lord, Lord of Illusions. Illusions another Scott, Clive Barker. With Scott Bakula. Yes, another Clive Barker. Now awesome. I, I saw this one like when it came out like almost thirty years ago. My friend John and I rented it because of Scott, <laughs> Scott Bakula. Bakula. I don't remember too much about it. Okay. So we'll see what I think about it now in two thousand twenty one. Twenty two. Twenty two. I'm old and tired. <laughs> Alright, we'll be back. Yeah. And now a word from our sponsors. Sketchbook Comics and Games is a store that is something awesome for everyone. In addition to selling comics, board games, and action figures, there are tables for open gaming. Wednesday nights, Sketchbook features game night starting at 6 p.m. Friday through Sunday, Sketchbook is the place to be for Magic the Gathering. The store is located at 224 Glenridge Avenue, Unit 9 in St. Catharines. Come on down for all your geek comic book needs. 
going on here? Detective Harry Damour is walking a path. I want you to help me. Will you take the job, Mr. Damour? Where do I sign up? Between what can be seen. People are dying here. I want to know why. I've heard a name. Somebody they talk about in whispers. Who? Nick's. And what must be feared? Nick's is dead and buried. What the hell is wrong with you people? Haven't you seen enough to know that doesn't matter? No. I don't want him getting in the way. We've all of us waited too long to have the homecoming spoiled. Every step he takes. The drone. The dark side. Don't like that. Not much. It's your destiny. Accept it. Brings him closer to the truth. Clive Barker's Lord of Illusions. All right, we're back, and through the magic of free Tubi, <laughs> we have uh, just watched Lord of Illusions. Yes. Uh, from 1995, yes. also by Clive Barker. Yes, based on a short story that was in a horror anthology collection. In 1985. Yes. I just read the IMDb <clears throat> myself. Cheater. No, kidding. Um, <laughs> And uh, I had originally watched this when it first came out on VHS, uh, probably later in 1995. I was living with my friend John. Uh, we were big Quantum Leap fans, so we we rented it just because Scott Bakula was the lead star in it. Let's just say this was not Quantum Leap. No, he never said the F word in Quantum Leap. <laughs> no. <laughs> And I will say this, he, uh, his fashion was was killing me. <laughs> what I, was the 90s? It was the 90s, so t-shirt and vest, which yeah. I did. <laughs> That's what you did back then. You wore weird combinations of clothing. That's all. So, hang on a second. All right, so he played a detective called Harry Demore. Yes, now, I guess this was a character that appeared in a bunch of uh, stories that Clive Barker wrote. Yes. But this was the only time that it was the character was in a movie, I think. Yes. From what I just read. Mm-hmm. So he <laughs> is a, how would you describe Private it? detective. Private detective who somehow gets involved with the occult a lot. Yeah. Um, he's called in to help with, like... Um, exorcisms and and research stuff and all kinds of yeah. And trouble just finds him. Apparently, because in this movie he was in L.A. just to do a routine case, and then he got involved with the supernatural again. Yeah. Oh man. So it starts off in 1982. Yes. Uh, where we see a cult. They've captured a, a girl. A 12-year-old girl. 12-year-old girl, and then uh, a ragtag bunch of... They were also part of the cult, but they left the cult. Oh, is that what they were? Yeah. They they went back because of the girl. And, oh, okay. Um, I missed that part, but I think I was getting chips. <laughs> well, priorities. Um, so, Swan... Well, I knew he had been trained by... The but the later. other guy, the other people that were with him, were also part of the cult because when they go into the building that um, Nick's and the other cult members are in, they recognize the group that's that's led by Swan. Okay, maybe they'll change my review of the movie now that <clears throat> I know that. Oh, you're funny. <laughs> 
Um, so then they rescue the girl, spoiler alert, and then it's 13 years later. Yep. And people start dying. The the people that were part of that small group yeah. led by Swan. Yeah. They start getting killed. And Swan is now the master of illusion. Yes. He's got his own stage show. In L.A. Which he... he um, It looks like he dies during it. Yeah. In a very gross way. Let's just say he turns into a shish kebab. Yeah. By the way, I, I didn't remember a lot about this movie, but as we were watching it, I remembered the gross parts. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're going to remember anything from a movie, that would be the stuff to remember. Yeah. Um, and then I, I guess I wouldn't have known this back then, but... Famka Jansen was the lead actress in this. Yes, she was. And actually, after um, going through all, like, dozens and dozens of headshots and resumes and auditions of other actresses, um, when Clive Barker saw Famke Jensen's photo, he said, that's Dorothea. And he didn't want anybody else. And, but even though they auditioned other actresses, nope, he gave the part to Famke. And this was only her third acting job. I guess she was a model before this? Yes, yes. And then, like, as you know, she went on to be, like, a few years later in the X-Men movies. Yeah. Stuff like that. She was also... And James Bond. She was in a James Bond movie. Yeah, she was also in a... I think it was a made-for-TV movie. She played a model who also became a vigilante at night. Yeah, I, I can't, want to see that. I like her. I can't remember the freaking name of it. I'm a fan. I like but, her. But um, I think it was a made-for-TV movie. If not, it was a movie that they showed on TV eventually. You and know she, how they do that. And she was in that horrible Eddie Murphy and Owen Wilson movie, I Spy. Yes, and she was also in um, The House on Haunted Hill or something. Yeah, she played, I remember that. Yeah. I like her, by the way. She is awesome. She might be my favorite female in the X-Men movies. She's just fantastic. She's so, like, I just adore her. Um, so, yeah, she she plays Dorothea, yeah. who um, now is the 90s, it's 13 years later, and she's married Swan. Yeah. Because... She's grateful to him. Yes, because he saved her. Yeah. From a fate worse than death. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> oh, and, and um, so they kill this next guy at the beginning of the movie with this really gross helmet that bolts into his head. Well, yeah, because they're um, to keep him from like using his magic. Yeah, and then they throw him in a hole for thirteen years. Yeah, a very deep hole out in the middle of the desert. Yeah. And then one of the cult people who was like his right hand man. Um. Brings them back. Yeah. They unbury them and they have this ceremony and all his fo- followers shave their heads. and, and Oh, God, yeah. And it was gross. And then they all land on broken glass. They all break bottles and it's like, will you will you suffer for me? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then they drop boo. to their knees on broken glass and they're like, eee. Yeah, I wrote it. I'm pretty sure they were like totally rethinking their decision at that point. I wrote it down as... Uh, gross, <laughs> gross, gross. You can't hair, read your yeah. writing. Gross haircutting scene and gross <laughs> bottle breaking. 
I don't know how Bob near a Brady, big hole. Near a big hole. No, the hole came later. That's right. He he. Uh, Nix is holding Dorothea, and he he opens up a, a hole in the ground. Yeah. And then he's like, he 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 dug himself like he brought himself back from death. Not really. He had help, but he's egotistical. Um. So now he's like, death requires a trade. And so he's like, so I'm sacrificing all of you. And and he sacrifices his cult followers because he's like, you all just stayed around like sheep and waited for my return. Blah, blah, blah. You all suck and you're not worthy. It's like, wow. And then he killed them. And then he killed them. He had the, he had the ground, like, suck them under. And I was like, oh, uh, that's sweet. Yeah. Um, and, and then he dies. Oh, because, you know. Spoiler. Yeah, it was from '95. If y'all haven't seen it by now, I don't think anyone's seen this movie. Probably not. That's probably why it flopped at the box office. Um, sorry, Clive Barker. I love Clive Barker. Like I love Clive Barker. Not a not as much a fan of this movie as I was of Nightbreed. Yeah, and I love Scott Bakula. That's why I watched it originally. Hey, there were some good fight scenes in this movie. There too. were some pretty good fight scenes in this movie. The special effects were <laughs> shitty at times, but you well, you brought it up to me. It was 1995. I mean, you know, special effects in 1995 were not, you know, the, the greatest. The ground opening up effect was cool, but then when they showed like lightning and stuff, it, it looked it looked very it looked really dark. Yeah, it looked fake. <laughs> I mean, it was it was yeah. So, but yeah, not as not as good as Nightbreed, in my opinion. But I, I mean, it was good. I didn't it was hate enjoyable. It. I did the second movie in two days. I didn't hate. Yay! It made me want to go watch more Scott Bakula movies, like Necessary Roughness. <laughs> That's not a Clive Barker. No, that's a football movie. Yeah, no, not Clive Barker. Unless, of course, you killed each other while trying to play football. It could be a crossover. And the football is demonic. Yeah. Oh, and then as we were watching it, so the guy that played... What was the name of the, the, the magician that he trained? Swan. Swan. Kevin O'Connor is the actor. Kevin J. O'Connor. Kevin J. O'Connor, who was, the year before that, was in this movie with Scott Bakula as well, and Bruce Willis, called The Color of Night, which was kind of also a gross movie, (laughs) slash porno. Oh, yay! It was not a good movie. It was a twofer. It was not a good movie. No Siri Bob. And I know I've seen him in other things. Oh, Kevin he was Jim. in the first G.I. Joe movie. He was in The Mummy. Yeah, I just looked. See, that as between this and The Nightbreed, I actually knew actors in this movie. And then uh, Vincent Schiavelli. Yes. You might remember him as the guy in Ghost. Uh, who trained Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze as a ghost. I thought he was going to have a real bigger part like in the movie, but he was only in it for the one scene. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh boy. He was also in um, Kevin Joe O'Connor. He was also in Deep Rising. Okay, oh, okay. And Van Helsing. I saw Van Helsing. And I'm trying to see what else. Do, 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 do. G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra. Scott Bakula, 67 years old. Holy crap. 
He was all, yeah, Van Helsing. He did the voice of the video of Igor from Van Helsing for the video game, which was his character in the movie. He was in yeah, the Mummy. He did not have a good ending in that. Um, do do do. Yeah, I, Lord of Illusions, and oh, he was in Canadian Bacon. I saw that movie. Oh, he was one of John Candy's buddies. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Which is awesome. I forgot about that. He was in Steel Magnolias. I did not know that. How about that? So yeah, so he's been in, in quite a few things. If you uh, if you know if if you ever see him and you go, hey, he looks familiar. It's because you've probably seen him. Hey, there's that guy. <laughs> yeah, hey, that guy there, him. But yeah, um. It was... I liked it. I'm going to give it three out of five screw helmets. <laughs> Jesus. It's, a, it's now a screw... I'm going to give it three and a half swords out of five. I, I took points off for grossness oh. and uh, for fake lightning effects. The acting was pretty good in this movie, though. Yeah. Yeah, the acting was good. I just, like I said, it, it it wasn't as good to me as Nightbreed. I love Nightbreed. Shit, I talk enough about it. You do. I'm sorry. I liked it. Loved it. Such a fantastic. Anyway, Lord of Illusions. Lord of Illusions. Anyway, uh, thank you for listening to our first podcast of 2022 <laughs> in the middle of February. So excited. And thank you for bringing up the movie, the original Nightbreed idea to record. I really wanted you to see it because, like, I want to share some of my movies with you. Yeah. And that was one of my favorite movies ever. And so, ta-da. And thank you, Tubi. Thank you, Tubi. Thank you to Pine Street Video, who's no longer there, who rented John and I, Lord of Illusion, back in 1995. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. That's something. That is. Uh, So, thanks, everybody. And thank you, Clive Barker, for being a wonderfully talented individual. That's right. You keep putting out those movies, sir. Well, or books. Or books. Or comics. Life is an illusion. Ooh. <laughs> Thanks for listening. To hear more We Got the Geek, check us out at www.wegotthegeek.com and on iTunes.